Welcome to the 100 Entrepreneurs Podcast, created to provide veterans and their family members with information, ideas, and inspiration for starting new businesses. This is Amanda Weathersby for 100 Entrepreneurs Foundation. We talk with entrepreneurs and small business experts to learn more about their industries and their lessons learned in creating and growing new businesses. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm here today with Dennis Faust. He is the travel guru and a veteran, and he is a franchisee uh, of a larger organization. So he has a company and is a franchisee and is a travel expert. And with that, welcome, Dennis. It's so good to have you here today. Well, thank you very much, Amanda. It is uh, my honor to be here today. Thank you very much. I appreciate being your guest. Oh, well, I appreciate you being here more than that. <laughs> so, uh, Dennis, uh, tell me about your background and, and, and what went on before you started a business. Uh, well, thank you very much. So, um, as, as you said, yeah, as a veteran, I uh, served in the military for 23 and a half years, uh, Navy. You know, I enlisted at 18 years old, right out of high school, probably no more than three days later. Uh, jumped on a on a bus to uh, recruit training command Orlando, Florida, and then over the years I worked through a uh, an enlisted commissioning program. Uh, then went to become a surface warfare officer, and just at that point, just uh, going around the world on deployments. Then finally retiring out of Monterey, California. Like I said, after about 23 and a half years. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. And, uh, and so when you first left the military, what did you think you were going to do? Did you go and say to yourself, I want to own a business? Well, actually, what I did was to not do that. I did, I did not want a hard uh, segue, and it would feel like a non-segwater. And I saw a lot of veterans getting out that way, and I saw them in a lot of my friends going through almost a six- to nine-month uh, transition some some struggles and just trying to find their place in things. So what I did was at about a year, year and a half before I retired, I said, kind of like, what do you want to do now? You know, wh- how, when you grow up, what do you want to do? And in this case, it was really very difficult for me to say what I wanted to do. What do you like to do? Well, I don't, I like to do everything. You know, what do you not like? You know, it was just, uh, that was very difficult for me to focus on because people like to traditionally ask, well, what do you want to do? What are your strengths? You know, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and that typically is because you're surrounded by government contractors and, uh, and, that seems, and that's progression that occurs. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did was, was to say, what do I not like to do that I don't want to do? And to me, that was much more helpful was to come at it from the other angle, sort of a reverse engineer. What do I, do I not like to do? Well, I don't like to be, I don't like to spend, you know, six to nine months away from my family. You know, I really kind of took it from the 40,000 foot level and then brought it back down. I don't like being away from my family for six to nine months. I don't like to, um, I don't really necessarily, I didn't necessarily want to work for government contracting when I realized after a while. Uh, I didn't want to continue the possibility based on my expertise to go and be deployed and, you know, and this sort of thing. Um, even for a week, it, it just didn't really appeal to me. 
I, and then I realized, you know what? I think I now know what I want to do. I want to be, I want to start a new separate chapter of my life. And I wanted to then be an entrepreneur. I wanted to start my own business. And then that's when the next phase came in, which was, okay, now that you decided you want to be an entrepreneur, now what, now what do you want to do? So that, that's how we created that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So you're, when you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that you hadn't yet decided what your passions were. So how did you decide, okay, I'm going to be a travel guru? Yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. So then I had to sit down with, and I think this is a very important for veterans, don't do this in a vacuum because I did, I did a lot of this initially in a vacuum sitting in, a, in my own, you know, just kind of in my own thoughts, in my own head, just pounding it out. And what I realized was I was not bringing my wife into the discussion. And I really would advise veterans out there to, if you have thoughts of being an entrepreneur, whatever your thoughts are, whether you, no matter what direction you go, hey, bring your spouse in it if you have one, um, your significant other, and, and talk to them about it because chances are they have a lot of the same concerns. And by the way, they probably they may know your strengths, they may know your passions that you aren't seeing yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, you know, when I, and people are like, well, what do you mean? And I go, <clears throat> you know, your boss in the military will say, okay, it's time for evaluation period of time. It's, hey, by the way, so give me your three strengths and your three weaknesses. And I think one of the biggest things military people complain about the most when it comes to that is people, it's easy for them to write about other people, but it's very difficult to sort of sell themselves, write about themselves in evaluation. So when you have like someone like your spouse sitting there beside you and you're talking to that person, they know your strengths. They know your passions. So use them as a sounding board, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then it also allows you to have family goals. It allows to make sure that you're not necessarily just that whatever you're thinking of is that you're getting your, that feedback. And, and then what I did was, was that seeing that my wife, uh, who is also, in, who is also um, has a career path of her own, you know, she can provide her, her concerns. And, and there what I realized was based on her business sense, that I needed a business, I, I, as an entrepreneur, I, again, what I could not be, what, do, what can I not have? I could not have a brick-and-mortar entrepreneurial business because my wife's business moves. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just kind of whittled away at it. You know, my mm-hmm. passion wasn't necessarily at the beginning to be a traveling guru, own a travel agency, multi-million dollar function. It was... It, it, it really was, I did not want to be a government contractor. I did not want to be a government civil service. I did not, I could not have a brick and mortar um, because my wife had to move around. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how then, so, so I think when you, when you move it from that level down, then it provides much easier focus or else it's like this algebra problem, which is so overwhelming that you just kind of potentially can get in this very depressive state and then just, Hey, I'll think about it later. I'll think about it later. Um, and then before you know it, it's time for you to separate or you're at an entrepreneurial one, you know, you're at, you're at a, uh, meetings like what you guys put together and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting out in three months. What's my plan? Now you're scrambling. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but to be an entrepreneur, you really do want to start early as possible. And, and so then we just started talking about what, what I liked about the military. You know, in this case, now I'm starting from the positive. What, do I, what did I like? What was my passion? In this case, I really loved the, the traveling part of 
the military. In many ways, mm-hmm. who didn't love the traveling part, the arrival at the destination? And, and I said, well, is there a career like that? Is there an entrepreneurial business thing like that? And then that's how I, I got over time to a, a travel agency, owning my own mm-hmm. travel agency. And that's how we got sure. there today. That's how we got to that point. And then uh, about 12 months before I, uh, about 15 months before I retired, I actually purchased my travel agency. I, pur- I purchased my franchise about 12 to 15 months because I knew that it would be difficult. I knew that there'd be a long road of lessons learned and, and turning over profit and things like that. I did not, again, I didn't want that hard seg- segwitter of, okay, now where's my income going to come from? But by knowing that you, no matter what, you're going to have a paycheck on the 1st and 15th, right, because you're in the military and you're very mm-hmm. focused on your career, that at the same time, as a franchisee, I can learn this trade. I can learn the, the nuances of more than just being a traveler because owning a travel agency is very different than, being, than loving travel, right, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to love the business of it all. And... Mm-hmm. And the only way you can really learn the biz- only way you can love the business of it all is you have to learn the business. Mm-hmm. Having that having that income, where I didn't have to worry about hey how is my you know how are we going to pay the rent or, or the mortgage or whatever, you know I didn't have to worry about that. And so I do recommend those who veterans who are who are at the, you know they're at that point where they say you know what I have decided I'm going to transition in this time within 24 months. If you're thinking about being an entrepreneur. Start the education system as soon as possible. Again, get with Entrepreneur 100. Get with these groups and let them show you this free information, which is out there about, in this case, how you know being a franchisee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did you arrive at the decision, or to describe the decision tree to become a franchisee versus start your own business? Because uh, I, I, I suppose right. you could have been a travel guru all without being a franchisee, correct? You're right. I, I, I could have done it in, in three ways. I, I, I could have, one, I could have just gone and worked for a travel agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, in other words, I could have sort of shadowed them and then bought them out, right? And, or I could have just started one on my own, or I, in this case, or um, buy a franchise, so uh, sort of a, a business in a box. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to shadow somebody. I didn't want to take over somebody's business because, um, one, I don't know if I would have had the time because, again, I was, I was in the military. You know, I had a full-time responsibility. And, two, you know, one thing I've learned about being in the military is that, you know, look, I look at things, and especially as having an entrepreneur mind, I don't take orders well <laughs> from those who I believe do like, okay, I got it. Let's move on. Let's get, you know, so I think, so when you have those three types of businesses where you can either sort of shadow to take over, so you buy somebody out or you start one in front. I knew that sort of shadowing to maybe buy somebody out just wasn't my thing because I, I again, I didn't want to know their habits or good habits or bad habits. I kind of wanted to a clean slate of what it is to, you know, to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't for me. And then uh, when it came to starting one, well, that was really, really, uh, I, I almost had to disqualify that immediately. It was definitely, I, I think it was the more exciting version of my life. And I think in the military, you definitely like the excitement of, of being, making something very difficult for yourself um, mm-hmm. where, you know, well, okay, well, I'll just start one. All right, what do I need to know? Okay, I need to get a business plan. To, I need to get, you know, this in place. Okay, I need to get this, you know, and in insurance. And, and then, and then and, 
and, and you know what happened was I was just like, man, I don't have, I don't even know how to spell travel from a business perspective. And now I, you know, now I'm just so the distraction of how to do marketing, how to set up relationships with all these like cruise lines and tour operators and hotels. Oh my goodness. You know, it, it was just like, there is just no way. It, it, I mean, you could, but in the money, when I started adding up all the money that it costs mm-hmm. to do all that on your own, oh my. I mean, the, the cost to start a website, to maintain the website, designate it, all this stuff was, and by the way, I I haven't sold a thing. No one's bought any travel, right? I haven't sold any travel. I haven't sold a cruise. I haven't done anything. And yet, potentially, over before I can go online and say, hey, I'm a travel agent, man, I don't have the licensing. I don't have all this training. I, and I really don't even know what I'm talking about. But in the meantime, it's taken me potentially nine months to tw- nine to 12 months just to create it. And that, that's very, very expensive, and it's very time-consuming, and I just didn't have that. Bo- I didn't have both. I didn't have the, 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 the income for it, and I didn't have the time. So then that's what led me to uh, franchise, which, yes, there is an investment because, you're, again, you're purchasing something. Um, but what they did was it just they go, all right, well, one thing, you know, all, let me tell you about all the things you don't have to figure out. You don't have to figure out the education because we'll bring it to you. You don't have to figure out marketing and things like this uh, because we will bring it to you. We will bring you a playbook, and you just need to follow the playbook. And if you have time, I mean, and like I say, no one, no one, I mean, when you buy a franchise, not necessarily people are walking in your door that next day. So you still have to do a, a lot of hustle. So a franchise isn't the that you turn the key and all of a sudden you're making millions of dollars. You know, again, it's just they facilitate things very. Uh, they cover bases that you probably won't have the strength for. Like if I'm strong, mm-hmm. I'm really strong in business, but I'm terrible at marketing. Well, they're there for me in marketing, and and I'm really appreciative of that because I just don't have to think about it. Yeah. Well, um, tell me about the the business itself. So you, you you had to hustle to start a brand new business, even though you were a franchisee. And what is that business? How, what it, how does it work? What do you do? Absolutely. So I, so as a veteran, so you coming out there when you just are completely unprepared, you know, uh, fundamentally of what it means to um, sell your strengths because we typically just have to be there. We show up and we, we sell our strengths by our performance of doing the task. But when your task becomes very unassigned, um, you know, it's kind of like, well, now what do I do? Uh, in, in this case, where when you are, are – when everything in business is sales, um, you, you know, your relationships that you need to build are all about sales. So you need – if you want to create a sale, you need to create trust. You have to build that, and to build trust, you have to have relationships. So the, how this, how a travel agency works is I have to show people who I am, which was very much fortified by the military, which was I am a person who has honor, commitment and courage. And my integrity is when I sign my name, it just bleeds and says integrity. The 
that is how I differentiate myself from other travel agencies. That's how I differentiate myself from uh, online travel agencies, if you will, because um, you can, because it's very personal. So when typically the the cycle uh, happens where I meet somebody, I'm actively listening. I hear a need. And then my responsibility is to understand their need and then fill the need with um, how they're going to get there and at the best value, whether that be by financial value or just the value of getting them exactly what they wanted at the time they wanted it. Um, You know, like a family wanting to go to Disney for spring break and they looked online and all the rooms were sold out. But my relationship with Disney shows me that the car suite is very much available. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, so sometimes it doesn't happen. But, again, that, trend, that integrity of coming back and, and the courage, by the way, to come back and tell a client, you know what, I'm sorry, you're right, it, it's not available. But this is what's available. So that, that cycle is how – and then that, that time and trust is why people say, when you're an entrepreneur, why does it take so long to be successful? Well, because you have to build trust. You have to build yourself time for people to give, to have the trust to, that you will take care of them and their family and really their money, you know, to, to have a great experience. And as where I was at when I first started to where I'm at today, that commitment to the relationship and to show the value of a, being a military veteran is why I'm very happy with where my business is today and where I, for, I foresee it in the future. Mm, that's great. And, and where is your business today? How long ago did you start, and where are you now? So, like, uh, I am now in Alexandria, Virginia, so I'm up here in the DMV, like the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and it goes back to why I chose the, uh, this sort of business was that originally my travel as a travel agency I started in Monterey California but my wife had to move you know with her with her business life she uh, with her work she had to move to the East Coast so I had to be able to pick up maintain the same quality of clients you know maintain my clients that I had already on the West Coast and then move it to the East Coast and it was really interesting because as I'm driving I tend from Monterey, California, and I stopped in San Diego, and I drove I-10 all the way here. I was, I was stopping. My wife had the patience to stop, and, and when my clients had questions about their travel, because I had people all traveling while I was moving east, she would, mm-hmm. she, I love her so much. She stopped, and we went to like a Starbucks that had Wi-Fi in the middle of Texas because there's no transmissions out there, and mm-hmm. I was able to uh, get people um, uh, their, sort of clarify some travel and some problems that they're having and get them to be very happy with what they were doing. So, you know, choosing the right business is very important to be an entrepreneur. And then, and then when, when I got to Alexandria, of course, then it was about getting out there. I believe I say relationships all the time, setting up relationships. I don't like saying networking. And if you don't mind, I really like to talk about that. Do you mind? Sure. No, please. So oftentimes uh, when you go to things, uh, they tell veterans, you got to get out there, you got to network, pass your business cards out to every, you know, have a thousand business cards and just pass them out to everybody and go to these things and be, always take a hundred of them, you know, and, and things like that. I, well, for me as an entrepreneur in my industry, 
I would tell you that that was the worst advice for somebody like me because mm. I am not looking for a transaction. I am looking for relationships. So if there is, if we are, the, one of the worst things I could ever go to to communicate my business to others is going to a networking event. A networking event to me is where 100 people show up with 100 business cards just to give everybody their 100 business cards. Nobody's listening to what you are saying. They're just listening to themselves sell themselves. And therefore, you know, if your time is your money as as an entrepreneur, and it is, you should remember that in the the middle of a room of 100, you're going to a networking meeting. I I, I say to myself, I say to my travel agents, look, you should never be taking more than 10 business cards because it's great to hear people. And maybe somebody's got a business that does work with maybe your personal needs or their business needs. But remember, you're really only looking for relationships. So out of 100 people, finding 10 relationships where people need you, why, that's what, that is what networking should be. And it often isn't. So um, relationships, or when I say relationships, some people might say networking. Um, but remember that when I think of relationships, I, I really am looking for people who don't need me one time. They need me two, three, and four times. I see their needs being long after the first you know, transaction. Um, mm-hmm. Because as an entrepreneur, your business will not sustain or grow unless you can take those relationships and have those relationships amplify um, mm-hmm. to, to, so, to bigger business. So how do you... Uh, how do you find new people uh, to have to set up these kinds of relationships with? Where so, do you go? Yeah, great, great question. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as a franchisee, you can actually buy. <laughs> you can buy relationships. You can actually. So that's the nice thing about business in a box. You know, you can technically buy. Not that you can. You can buy. You can say, look, I'm I'm wanting to create trans- relationships with people that are 55 to 65 live in this geographic area, and they basically will send you a list of everybody's phone number and everybody's name, and you can just pick up the phone and call them or email them or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way. And I, I just mentioned franchise because, it, because I, I do belong to a franchise. I have, uh, when I first started, I did that one time, and I just realized it, was, it just wasn't for me. It's not who I am. I'm not a cold caller kind of an individual. Um, the Where I found the most success is finding one is finding places like Entrepreneur 100 that you might meet somebody, right? And, or might meet another organization, another networking, another group that does discuss things. In this case, I went to, I found it very good for veterans. If you remember, I would do all this before you retire, before you got out. Find uh, something called, and this is what I did, where I went to something called a Business Networking International. It's called BNI. And BNI is where you have, you know, you have business professionals that just get to know each other, you know, that introduce each other's business to each other. And then the idea is that we pass referrals to each other as we all kind of know everybody. So if everybody knows 100 people and of all those 100 people, they have all, all have personal needs. And that, hey, well, look, I have, a, I have this, my business partner over here is a barber. Okay, well, I, you know, hey, I know somebody that's a barber. You should go see her. And so that's kind of how the BNI system works. And I actually joined a BNI group again before I retired because I wanted to see if it was a good fit for me and my, uh, my business model. And then I belong to one now in Alexandria, Virginia. 
So, and mm-hmm. then for that, then I also joined uh, the Rotary up here in uh, Tyson's Corner, and and that's just. Uh, a wonderful group of people who are very nonprofit, very much giving back to the community. And what I like about, as an entrepreneur, you need, when you meet people who, so a lot of people like in Rotary, this one woman in Rotary, she belongs to the symphony orchestra right out in uh, Tyson's corner. Now they want to do a, um, uh, sort of a fundraiser, right? So, wow. So now she knows a travel agency. (laughs) She knows a travel agent. You know, certainly when you do fundraisers, knowing a travel agent, it's, uh, you know, it's a discussion, you know, you know, to, to possibly have. Again, but when I work with, like, the Rotary, again, I'm not going in there to sell people. And I think as an entrepreneur, as now as a more seasoned entrepreneur, never go into these things. Never, never go out in, into these organizations ever trying to sell anybody anything. Trust me. I would say, trust me, everybody, if you're listening to this. When, when people get to know you, they'll use you when it's mm-hmm. right for them. You don't need to sell people stuff um, because when they know who you are and they, and they see your integrity, they see your courage and your commitment and your passion for what you're doing, it'll, it'll work out. You don't, need to, you don't need to sell them the vacuum cleaner. They got it. They know you provide vacuum cleaners, um, okay. and they'll be happy to help. Uh, but the giving back portion of Rotary is what I enjoy so much because it is a nonprofit organization and they do raise money for um, uh, international programs. Uh, and so as you meet people and you meet more and more people, they'll invite you to other things. I was just at the Small Business Association in D.C., uh, right outside Howard University just two days ago, and it was just wonderful meeting other entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs, for veterans that don't know, the entrepreneurs is definitely – the people who want, they really, really good and successful entrepreneurs want to see other business owners succeed uh, mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of work. It's hard. Um, so we love, we love seeing other people succeed, which means we need to give to each other. Mm-hmm. That's great. Wonderful. So you've been in business how long? Uh, a little less than five years now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it's growing year after year. So you you make these new contacts and you keep adding new contacts every year, and and the revenue as well as the client base grows every year as a result. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, right. And that goes into this the thing about a referral based business because this is a referral based business where mm-hmm. you need. I, I think all entrepreneurs need to. You need to treat your clients like they are. I think in the military, they treat, this, this does get taught well. Treat everybody like they are your boss, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whether they are or not. You, you know, you're there to provide them a service. And uh, I think if you provide people the best service and you're responsive, which I, I think all military veterans are, that mm-hmm. when you provide the best service that you are and you're always your best, that they will respond in kind. You know, not everybody wants to give you a referral. Some people just say, you know what? I just I don't even want to share you, and I'm I'm not even into referrals. I just like you, and I want to keep using you. That's fantastic, right? I mean, that's and then others want to feel the the need, and I always appreciate it when I get a phone call and somebody goes, "Hey, my you set this up for this group of fifty, and I was wondering, could you you know?" And Shelly gave me your number, and would you mind doing the same thing for my family next year? I mean, that mm-hmm. always makes me feel wonderful, and I think it makes mm-hmm. people who give referrals feel good. Um, the first year, the first year is, 
uh, in any business, but in a franchise, it's no different as far as it's very, very hard. Um, it, you do a lot of grinding. It's your time. It's because you're learning a business. It's it just everything you do takes a lot of time from even just filling out invoices to printing things out to researching. It's exponentially very time consuming. Um, mm-hmm. Finding what net, like you said, what what networking groups. How do you build relationships? You know, it's great that I appreciate you allowing me to tell people it works for me, but it may not work for them. So mm-hmm. you, you, and by the way, it, it changes every year. It changed when I was on the West Coast and I moved to the East Coast because personalities change. Uh, age mm-hmm. and demographics change. So um, in, in that case, you need to, so the first year is tough for all of those reasons. Um, and, but your goal is to have, if your goal is to be with all your investments, that you got all your investment money out, that is a success mm-hmm. because you know come after year one, everything after that, it's pure profit in so many ways. So that was my goal, and I accomplished that through owning a franchise. And, and when we mm-hmm. talk about the other ways of being able to be a, an entrepreneur, uh, that average life, that cycle is almost 10 years to be able to say that you're truly cash positive. You know, you're not necessarily leaning on a line of credit to get through the hard times. And after year one, I was not leaning on any sort of negative cash flow. Um, and then, oh, man, what are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> I think I, feel like I, I, I went off the tracks here. That's um, okay, but, but after four, almost five oh, years, yes. it so, really changes, huh? Yeah, so first year, is a, I would say, let, let's think of that as zero dollars. Right, because that's yeah. your bills and your income. You're at zero. Year yeah. after, so now going into year two, it's year one, which is zero dollars now plus the money that you had would have, that you did make your first year. That remember that's all now coming to you without all that debt. So now you're twice as good with a little bit more because now you're doing things faster. You have a little more confidence and you're just smarter in the game. And then now I'll tell you when if you can get past year two. Of, of this of, of my business, if you can get past year two through all the negative times and the rough times and the hard times, which is why I think that you need to bring in your spouse or your significant other into this because they need to also be there for you during that downtrodden times, is that um, you, if you can get past year one and, and get through year two, and then what happens is, so now you're like, wow, I'm making some money in year two, but you're like, I don't know, is this really what I want to do? Because I'm definitely, I may or may not be able to, I mean, it's not like I'm paying the mortgage with this. Now, when you get to year three, man, that's like, it's not like one plus two. In my, in my industry, based, if you maintain your hustle and your focus, year, year three is like, instead of two times two, it's two to the third power. It's an exponential growth because now you, people, you know, because like I said, because it is a referral-based business, but it's also new generation business. And now that p- people see your confidence in your new generation and your clientele mm-hmm. because you're still doing high-quality work, Mm-hmm. that your referrals are happier, and then now you start saying, okay, wait a minute, hold on, you know, I can really, I might be able to do this for a living and be happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, I did, this, I did this to be happy, and I tell you what, now I'm at year three, and holy moly, I, I can't believe this, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get past year three, I think that's when most people would say, you know what, um, how can I expand my business? Am I ready to expand my business? And I tell you, if you're ever in the, in the sake of being an entrepreneur and you're going, you know, I wonder if I'm ready to hire an employee or I'm, hire, I'm ready to hire a contractor. In my case, am I ready to, to bring on a, another travel agent? 
bring a travel agent mm-hmm. into my agency. Because mm-hmm. initially, you know, I'm an owner-operator that am I ready for that? And I got to tell you, what a good, what a great sense. And, and when these listeners are out there that when they're finally at the point of saying that to themselves, you are a success and you need to back up and just say that, wow, you know, I'm a success because I'm at a point where I'm thinking about having the, the ability to have time to train others and maintain a profitable business. So, so that's where you're at. That's where you should be at. That's where I was at. Well, about should. Maybe you'll be, be there after year one, but at year three, that's where I was. And so now I'm, you know, moving on now to year five. Mm, that's great. Um, so, <clears throat> pardon me. So do, every month, are you thinking, I need to make this many sales this month? Or do you just look at it as a year? Do you think of it as a week each week? I have to make <clears throat> this many sales. How do, you, how do you project what you're going to accomplish in your business? Sure. So there's a lot of people that don't do that. Um, I, what you're asking, they don't even think about it. And I, I think that that's a, any, any good business coach would say that that is a mistake. And, and they wish that people like you, Amanda, were out there telling people, what are your goals? What are your financial? And have you written them down? I actually have a board in my office and you know, don't get me wrong. I take it down when my clients get here, <laughs> but I have a board and it says, I, it, I have a year goal. I have a year goal because I want to continue that two to the third power, that two to the fourth power, that two to the fifth power. And so mm-hmm. I say to be two to the fifth power in year five, what are my financial sales need to be? Now, this is a personal business, right? This is all about clients, but, but you, 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 know, you have to be able to generate income, right? So mm-hmm. I say, so if, to be at year five with two to the fifth power of, of growth, um, where do I need to be in January, February, through, you know, all the way through December? So, yes, I do, and I think any – if you don't have it written down and looking at it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. looking at it every day, you're going to forget mm-hmm. it. And you're mm-hmm. not going to have something that motivates you to meet it. And, 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 by the way, you also need to be – if you write it down – it's not about, it is about holding yourself accountable, right? But it's also about congratulating yourself. I mean, if your goal was in February, because now we're in March, if my goal in February was to be at this number for sales, but now, and I'm looking at it every day, but now we're at March 1st, and well, I mean, I looked at it weekly, right, making sure, but when I hit my goal, and it's only at week two and a half, Mm-hmm. I need to take the time to congratulate myself. Again, veterans, we are horrible at patting ourselves on the back and saying, good job, right? We, we're, it's kind of awkward for us, you know, to say good job to ourselves. We like to grind and keep grinding, and we don't see our own accomplishments in real time. So having those goals written down, it, yeah, people say, you know, if you have enough time for the boots to business classes and stuff, they'll say, yeah, it's about holding yourself accountable. But it's, I say, you know, hey, man, now that you've met your goal at week two and a half, take Friday off. Take your wife to go see the movies or go out to dinner and, or do whatever. Do something for yourself. Do something for your family. Because remember, in those last couple years, your family was kind of, you know, they were, they were kind of sacrificing some things, most likely, to, to, because you're working late nights to have a successful mm-hmm. business. And so, absolutely, yeah. I think people should write it down, not just to hold themselves accountable. Everybody says that. But to say, 
great job. Great job, Dennis. Great job, the traveling guru, for doing a wonderful job. And by the way, now I'm going to go ahead and take some time and send thank you cards to clients and just say, you know what, I need to thank my clients. For not, I won't say for getting to my, 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 my transaction goals, but to say, hey, thank you for your repeat business year over year. It's really made my business grow, and I want to say thank you. You know, uh, always my best, Dennis, and you put the card in the mail. Um, you know, and again, that's how you get two to the fifth. That's very interesting that you say that, and this is the first time I've asked this question, but uh, I've received direct mail, meaning the snail mail in the in the mailbox mail from Dell computer from Google <laughs> from all kinds of tech companies and you just said that you send a, a, a card in the mail is that what I heard you say <laughs> I, I will send a uh, a letter right you know I will handwrite a thank you letter in life and 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 just say thank you for your service I mean you know thank you for being a client. Yeah. Okay. So it's, the mail still works for some things. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, you know, I think I believe that world, I believe millennials, and I believe that, you know, it's just exhausting. The, you know, the internet and everybody can kind of see what mass marketing postcards look like these days. But I believe, and I, 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 I haven't been wrong. I haven't been proven wrong yet that mm-hmm. I believe that people love receiving uh, a letter, a, a, a card, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's got the envelope and a stamp and all the good stuff on it. And when, you know, <laughs> people still love opening up their mail, they love going to their mailbox and they love opening it. They may not like all the silly stuff that's in it, but you know what they never throw away? They never throw, throw away a birthday card. You know, they open up those envelopes. They open up a card that's personally attention to you. And, mm-hmm. and how great is it when you, again, not print it on a printer, but, you know, you open up that card up, and somebody's taking the time to say, you know what, thank you for your business, and uh, I look forward to you having a great time. You know, or, or just think, I mean, what was the last thing anybody bought? You know, I, you know, I bought some windows in my house, you know, and, you know, I tell you, I'm kind of waiting for someone to write me a thank you letter. Hey, thank you for, thank you for purchasing our windows and, and, and a written letter. I haven't gotten that yet, but, <laughs> but I would just say, like, I think that people – I think millennials, I think people in their 60s and 70s, I mean, everybody loves opening up and seeing a, a birthday card or a, a, you know, like kind of the end of year family card. This is what, this is what you know, your nieces and nephews are up to. Who doesn't love getting that? And so mm-hmm. when you, again, it goes into that, in, that integrity of, of saying, you know what, I am really here for you. I'm here for you so much, and I'm taking the time. And I do. I, I mean, I'll spend Friday afternoons for hours just writing thank you cards. I'm taking the mm-hmm. time to just say thank you. And I think it's, I think it's received very well because it's true. It, it's for no personal gain. It's just to, you know, just to say thanks. I appreciate you. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, um, so just one more question. So in creating a new business, I mean, a, a, it's a franchise, but it's also a, a new business in some ways because you have to build up your own customer base. Right. And uh, in 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 doing that, uh, have there been certain people in your life who've been very use, important in in your success in achieving what your all those goals that you're writing down? 
Yes, I would say um, my my wife has been a, a huge success because she's the uh, uh, a backdrop to when you know some things just don't work out, and when you're in a business like mine where I don't charge a fee for my service. So imagine if, if in the life cycle of the transaction, I may be working with someone for, I don't know, three, four months. You know, time is going by. I mean, these are hours, right, at night and so forth. And maybe it doesn't work out. You know, you, having my, my wife's been there to say, you know what, Dennis, it's all for good. It's all for good. Um, and I really appreciate that. You, you know, um, my mother-in-law, she's, she's always there just to, I, she just says the nicest things about me. And then, and and then, so it, it, so you have this sort of a loving feeling, and then and and then it's interesting that I have my father on the other side, who just has this more you know uh, vertical sort of you know staunchy like you know Dennis, I'm very proud of you you know <laughs> that you started your own business. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, all right, Dad. Well, I'm not 18. I'm I'm in my 40s, but how how much I love that, <laughs> right? And so it yeah. um and uh, you know it you know. Real people become business owners, and you know you'll get through this. You you just keep marching forward, and you're like, okay, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm like going, okay, Dad, thanks. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, like I say, I have my wife at home, you know, and my wife when she comes home, I ask her about marketing ideas, and she was like, you know, don't be wrong, you know, the great thing about uh, about having a spouse is that they're unfortunately sometimes very very transparent to say what they think about your marketing idea, right? So be careful what you ask for, right? And you're like, oh, that's silly, or that doesn't meet the mark or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but she, without a doubt, my wife has just been uh, a critical part of, of keeping positivity in my life, and if you're going to be an entrepreneur, every time you pick up that phone and you talk to somebody or you meet them one-to-one, no matter what happens, you have to maintain a smile. You have to smile before you, you have to look at yourself, and what they talk about all the time, you have to smile in the mirror before you even call somebody. Because mm-hmm. people hear your smile while you're talking, mm-hmm. um, and so as a you know, look, who, who wants to do? Who wants to you know? Who wants to work out with someone who's not at least well greeting them when they come into the gym? You know, so um, you know, so because if, if it sounds like boot camp and people start acting like it's boot camp, well, no one's going to want to go to boot. Nobody wants to go to boot camp. So whether you're selling tires or travel, you have to maintain positivity. You got to be all. You always have to be your best, and you always have to smile. You always have to be good, gracious, and uh, transparent in your integrity. And having people like that um, in my life and has just been. Very, very important. Again, belonging to groups like Rotary, or no matter how my life has gone, keeps you humble. Of course, having kids always keeps you humble as well. Um, where you know that you're providing charitable or you know donations to them. Again, that was a big goal of mine. Right? To have a business, I, I hear I hear successful people being charitable all the time. You know, and, and but being able to have a focused effort like being in the Rotary, uh, where they do you know, very focused charitable, uh, events that really means a great deal to me as well. I feel like I'm being a, pro- I'm providing, uh, uh, to a much higher cause than my own. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for talking to me today and for helping us with the 100 entrepreneurs podcast. This has been great. Love talking. Well, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for taking the time to listen to me. <laughs> well, I'll talk to you again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Take care. All right. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye.